on today's Two Beers Deep. Greg is back from the wonderful, wonderful west of St. Louis, Midwest, um, repping his bud shirt. We get to talk SummerSlam because the wrestling league had their first thing of, of the, uh, not first thing, but you, you decided who the captains were. Um, we'll talk a little football. we got some big news that came out today about Antonio Brown. I want to talk to you about some fantasy. We're going to finish each show with more fantasy. Uh, talk about the Premier League kicking off. Harry Maguire, uh, and so much more, guys. So thank you for tuning in to Two Beers Deep. Three, two, one, action. Coolest thing about these cans, I, I didn't, I don't know if this is a real thing or not, but they have like this weird casing over them so it's not just the aluminum like you can feel like right here you oh can... yeah yeah yeah. i've it's really bizarre how that kind of works out but yeah it's funny because i felt the can when they gave it to me and i was like oh like this isn't even cold and then i realized it was cold the can just doesn't get freezing which is cool wait what do you mean they gave you the can i thought you got like a case well or yeah i pulled it out because it was in the cooler at the the, the distributor mm. so when i pulled it out of the case and i was like oh well this isn't cold i got i guess i gotta put it back in but whatever and i grabbed it and it didn't feel cold at all right and then i opened it and it was cold and i was like wow this little whatever casing thing is cool shout out to fatheads then for coming up with a unique design to keep your beer cold even when the can isn't we are definitely going to get back to beer reviews greg so this is fatheads Bumbleberry, honey, bum, hun, 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 honey, blueberry. It is arguably like their most popular beer. Oh yeah, I would argue yeah. that for anyone who is too afraid to try craft beer, or perhaps maybe doesn't think that fruity yeah. stuff is good for them, Bumbleberry is probably your yeah. first and maybe the best interaction into the so, fruit beer world. I think through button clicking mm -hmm. oh, never mind i didn't figure it out thought i figured it out didn't figure it out guys we finally have a brand new soundboard which is good for two reasons one it fits four mics so we no longer have to split if we have guests two we should be able to in theory take phone calls with it we could also <sighs> in theory maybe if we get another cord another mics do six because we have the splitters already we do have the splitters mm -hmm. we could do six people we could i do don't six have that people. many friends but we could do six people <laughs> the only problem i have is that it's all on the same audio track which is something that i'll have to figure out my own time whatever it is mm. as long um, as it turns out okay then i'm, I'm yeah. nothing wrong with it but unless we start talking over each other that might be the issue oh wow i could never imagine a time where one of us would talk over the other one. i know right? right like it's totally like we don't do it and all the time oh my god all right guys so let's just i, I want to start off with your passion SummerSlam here um so walk me through what the wrestling league did what you and lsas did to become the captains and and kind of give me the whole story here so this past monday uh, monday night raw was in pittsburgh um i did not attend i had other duties which take priority clearly and uh about five members of the wrestling league uh, went and what we did was we did a task where the people that went to raw and the people who didn't yep. go to raw were put together on four separate teams we had a sheet we had to fill out to call different predictions and stuff and whatever team ended up winning became the captains for survivor series for survivor series in the wrestling league we're doing a thing where we're gonna why did you give it quotes i don't know so Survivor we're going to split series. Yes, yes, Survivor Series. So we're going to split the <laughs> so we're going to split the league into two separate teams uh, for Survivor Series and the winning team will get bonus points going after the event yep. occurs. Uh, the captains for the event ended up beating myself and Josh Elsass. We ended up winning the Monday Night Raw mini 
poll that we did. Yep. And this past weekend, there were two events that happened, uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto and SummerSlam. Uh, the combined totals from TakeOver and SummerSlam would determine who would get first pick between me and LSAS. LSS ended up beating me by two points. So the question comes down to, and we asked this on the live show, and I know mm-hmm. you didn't watch the live show. I'm not mad at you for it. The question then, Greg, comes down to, mm-hmm. will Josh take Anastasia first overall? You know what? Well, I, I, I got to be honest. Well, here's here's the thing. Anastasia's actually better than LSS, in my yeah, opinion. We, so, we talked about it at the live show. He's yeah, much better. so I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh I think that the three most logical options are probably Anastasia, Ryan, our commissioner, and... Uh, Moorhead. No. <laughs> and uh, Justin Ragenbaum, who's I also very good. I think Moorhead's up there. He's, he's been number one in my heart. Moorhead has actually... He's number been one in my heart. His, he's been holding his own. He has been too... He has been terrible, but he's... Really? Yeah. He's, he's holding his own. Ryan's... For some reason, Moorhead has a friend that also does the league every now and then just to... What's his name? I, I don't know, to oh. be honest. Like, Moorhead just has a buddy that... He always asks uh, Ryan to send an extra sheet for it to partake in. He's not actually part of the league, but he always does better than Morehead, yeah, so it's kind of funny. You do some guest leagues and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, but no, this past weekend, uh, LSAS beat me by two points overall for the combined events, but yours truly which is you, regained the championship at SummerSlam. So should have wore the hat. I should have worn the should've hat. Worn just the to hat. piss off Ellis has um, been great. Which is awesome. But walk me through. So SummerSlam, uh, mm-hmm. the big match here was obviously uh, Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, I believe. No, no. It was uh, Charlotte Flair and Trish Stratus. Ah, thank you. Charlotte ended up winning. It was a very, very good Go match, figure. actually. Go figure. Yeah, very Trish good Trish can still wrestle? Trish can still wrestle. I, I was very surprised how good she was. <laughs> not, not, not to say she was bad or yeah, anything. She's like one of the goats. Yeah, she? she is. She was very, very good. Uh, the main event was Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Seth Rollins ended up regaining his title. Uh, it was a very, really? very, very good match. Was not quick at all, which is usually most of Lesnar's matches. Which was... how many times did he go to Suplex City? Five. Oh. Well, no wonder he won. Yeah, I'm pissed. You got to go at least double digits. I that's what I guessed on the score sheet. It was num- <laughs> I had the the, num- the one question was how many suplexes, and I put ten. So I'm kind of about that. Yeah, I would have said eight and a half. Mm-hmm. That's my line. No one's done halves yet, so well, that's half a bad is. Idea. I mean, more the line of like the gamble Vegas line, not that he would do eight and a half. But, yeah. Well, I guess if you pick someone up and you're about to do it, and they you know RKO you out of it or something, mm-hmm. it could be a half. <laughs> but no, it was it was a very solid show. The the best part of the show was. Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. His lantern or something? Oh, my God. He, first off, and this is a very, he is an unofficial Yinzer. Oh. Because. Oh. The mask was designed by Tom Savini, whose horror shop is in Pittsburgh. Okay. All of the Firefly Funhouse vignettes were shot in Pittsburgh. His new entrance music was the exact same lyrics from his previous, but it was done by Code Orange who's a Pittsburgh band. Why so much Pittsburgh for him? I don't know, but he's an unofficial Yinzer now. I like it. Yeah, but it was one of the creepiest entrances you will probably ever see. Dang it. The mask is perfect. Now I gotta go watch it. You gotta watch it. The mask was perfect. It terrified people, and then the lantern that they have for him is awesome. Is his name Bray Wyatt still? Yeah, but you should search The Fiend. The, Bray, f- oh. the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Uh, I liked it all up until The Fiend. The Fiend is his... It's too all- close to the demon. That's kind of like what I guess what they're going for is like the money match, which will be the demon versus the fiend eventually. Yeah, really? I think, yeah. Oh, wow. That, oh. Yeah. That mask is creepy. I don't... Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not like... Uh, it's not... It's not cute. 
No, it is not cute. It's the opposite of cute. It is very opposite of cute. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So who did he wrestle? Finn Balor. Oh, he did wrestle Finn. Yeah, but he didn't wrestle the demon. Well, yeah. The demon only comes out on big events, right? Right. So, they, okay, that explains why you're saying they're doing the Fiend and the Demon. Yeah. Obviously, the Demon's better. Obviously, but, I, dude, like, the presentation that they put together for him was absolutely incredible. I believe it. Yeah. They did a, they did a great job building this up. They had a great job presenting it. They, the entire ordeal was just phenomenal honestly so okay so let's i'm going to talk about bray wyatt's character development okay so he started off as um not mike mcgillicuddy what, what was his name husky harris husky harris thank you yeah and he was one of uh uh let me walk through it and then you can correct me when i'm wrong By all means. he was one of the british guys henchmen from nxt or no yeah to an, ex- to the an british extent, guy's yeah. name was wade barrett yes Okay, so he was like on the NXT like Wade Barrett train, right? Yeah. Him and uh, what's what was McGillicuddy's name when he was back in there? Mike McGillicuddy. Was but, he now? Then he turned into Axel Rose. Curtis, Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. Yeah. Okay. So Curtis Axel, he became a nobody kind of yeah. like he had it. Okay. So, right. but no one else really on that NXT roster like Slater never really did too much. No. Um, who was the jacked Otunga? David Otunga. Yeah. yeah. He, he beats women or whatever. <laughs> um. And then you get to actually Barrett, who, like, Barrett got a push, but then he was really terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't like him. And, he, and that's kind of it, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I'd say he's the most famous. Well, was, 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 um... I mean, Daniel Bryan. Daniel was on, Bryan, yeah. He was, on, he was on the first one, but Husky Harris was on the second one, and then, like, when he got brought up to the main roster, he became a henchman for Wade Barrett. Okay, so, so he went from there, and then he... Was on his own for a little bit with before he got to Bri- Wade, Wyatt, Bryant, right? So, like, he was on the main roster for a little bit. Didn't really do too much. They put him back at Developmental to work on getting in shape and working on a character. That's where he came up with the Bray Wyatt character, okay. which was like a cult. And, and what, Bray Wyatt ran with two guys. Yep. One was, they both wore masks of sheep or something. One wore a sheep mask. The other one didn't at the time. And they their names were... God. Luke Harper and Harper, I knew and, that one. And uh, Eric Rowan. I would not thought of that one. Mm-hmm. And they replaced Rowan with the big dude, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, thank mm-hmm. you. It was it was Rowan. Yeah, it was Rowan. Uh, Rowan it. got injured, and then um, Braun it's, Strowman became the. And then they let Braun Strowman go on his own. Right. And Rowan came back. Yes. Kind of. And he, then they got Daniel Bryan. Your Braun Strowman happened after. Um, Dan Bryan? Bryan stuff, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm there, though. I'm there, though. You're so there, they you're there, you're Strowman, there. They let him go solo, so then Wyatt came, or Bray Wyatt came back. And then, like, he stopped for a little bit, right? Yeah, the, the story is that, so, before he started this whole Firefly Funhouse thing, he was in a tag team I'm trying, with, guys. He was in a tag team with Matt Hardy. Uh, oh. They were... They were together for a bit, and then huh. um, they just and then he stopped for a while. I think he wanted to nurse some injuries, and then they wanted to repackage him. And this is what they came up with. I and, like Matt Hardy. I, I like Matt Hardy too. So they came up basically, guys. What it was? It was Blues Clues for the Demonic. Yes. Um, what did they call it? The Firefly Funhouse. Firefly, Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> and he walked around, and it was a bunch of really creepy puppets and stuff mm-hmm. that were in this house. And then the one I remember, I was watching the one episode where it twitched. And he turned into this guy. Yeah. And it was just very quick. But he turned into this guy, and everyone was like, oh, well, what was that? And I was, like, very excited that I got to see that. So this was the first time, though, he got to come out. Yes. Why this show? 
um, because it's the second biggest show of the year in SummerSlam, and they wanted to kind of introduce the character right, you know, kind of give the whole full presentation on a big stage, and it yeah. turned out who's, great. Who's Sister Abigail? Sister Abigail was um, his previous... Um, I want to say, like, when he was the cultist leader, Sister Abigail was something that he would preach all the time. And, like, it's not a it's not a thing they tried to make it a thing but it just failed okay yeah it, it was it, it never became an actual thing what is, is that his sister we don't know oh no, no so one. they just stopped doing it pretty much yeah okay all right how was nxt toronto uh it had the rubber match of probably the best trilogy of matches that i have ever seen next to what so the greatest trilogy in wrestling history has always been considered Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair from 1989. Yeah. This might have topped it. Who is it? It was Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Not the old announcer, Cole. No. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Adam Cole. So and it was the best trilogy of all time. Uh, that I've probably seen okay. that I've seen since Steamboat and Flair, and I would argue that it might be better than what Steamboat makes it and Flair. better. So uh, the entire background story that they came up with. So the first match was to determine the new NXT champion because the original one was injured. It was a two out of three. Who fall. was the original? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Okay. So he was a two out of three falls match. Gargano ended up winning. The second match was just a straight wrestling match at Takeover Twenty Five. The Cole won. And then this past match was another two out of three falls match with a different stipulation for each match. Okay. And just the chemistry that they had between the two, um, the little nuances of almost dangerous but not necessarily dangerous, and then just the amount of story work that they did throughout the entire match was great. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Glad you liked it, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else in wrestling you want to talk about? No, not too much right now. Uh, yeah, just honestly, Bray Wyatt debuting The Fiend in front of a huge crowd and oh the God. actual... Why did that... You saw me press start recording, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the video just started recording right now, so sorry, podcast people, but video people, um, this will be the easiest one to upload to YouTube, I think. Yeah, really. You just um, missed an entire wrestling ramp, but still, I mean, money money's probably more so in the sports and uh fantasy sports and All soccer right. podcasters and you get something that no video person gets all right so let's branch away from there i want to talk to you um a little bit about this antonio brown situation so yeah. did you see what came out today oh, i i saw it today i i'm very upset that it no no, no. here let me explain so i'm very Please upset do. i'm very upset that the news broke on friday instead of thursday when you guys were doing the live show because i felt like that would have uh. been great fodder to have for the two hours yeah it, so we actually got through for the first time in two beers deep history we got through an entire show without any football we didn't wait talk a didn't, second of football are you serious we had josh on as host most of the time we talked sports or esports with marty we talked baseball with uh which actually you you got signed up for something that i hope you're ready for oh god um we talked the hodo boys baseball we talked uh soccer with denny and chipper we talked um trying to think of what else we really want to i mean it was a great show it was one of our best shows we've ever had um across the board but it was funny i mean we brought vo on a little bit but so uh, to bring you full circle to, to welcome you back so what i what I, basically mac was late which he had work things so it's never a big deal right um so i sat them down and i said guys you have the next 15 minutes to brainstorm 
how to promote Heart of the Order better. Okay. I said, you guys are three of the best baseball content people I know. You put out a great product. I said, I don't believe that you guys are promoting it enough. And I, I basically told them, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to promote, like I'll promote it on my page and stuff, but I'm not going to build the promotion. I said, so what do we do? Obviously, they didn't really come up with much. Yeah. <laughs> they say, and Greg brought up, Mac brought up a really good point. Things take time. The Hoda podcast is good, but we started it halfway through a baseball season, and, and obviously it takes some time. Um, and I said recording every week is a good place to start. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. <laughs> I blame Dre for I do being too. late. No, I not. do too. But no, what I told them, I said, hey, guys, here's, here's what you have to do. And I'm going to tell you this, and then I'm never going to mention this to you again. Okay. I told Greg and Dre, and I'm now telling you, to find a park, find a time, and we will have a heart of the order wiffle ball home run derby. That'd be fun. We will have it a video shot. Okay. We'll we'll say it's obviously thoughts on the bench sponsored, but it is the heart of the order home run derby, the Hodo home run derby. Okay. This is the last time I will mention it because I told them I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to see it happen. You just want the video of it? No, no, no. I'll be there. Okay. Oh, I'll, oh, I'm in it. Oh, you're in I'm it. I'm not setting it up. I'm giving you guys the tools to promote yourself. And I want to see what happens. I'm definitely in it. Brooksy's in it. Elsass has to be in it. Has to um, be. Yeah, I want to see him swing a bat. Dre, Mac, and yourself are challenged with putting together, and I have a wiffle ball bat downstairs. Okay. We'll get balls. Just setting up a time and a park. Just any field. I know there's fields here. I know there's fields in Oakland. I know there's fields in Troy Hill. Right. Just setting up a time, getting it together, a Hodo home run derby. We will have some kind of prize for the winner. Okay. That is it. Okay. So I will never mention that again to anybody. I just hope it happens. And if it doesn't, there's no reprimand. There's nothing. This is just me thinking outside the box. Way to think outside the box. I appreciate it. Someone has to, Grant. I know. Someone has to. That is why um, you are the head honcho here. Ugh, you're frustrating. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the live show. You didn't miss too much, man. We didn't talk any baseball, mainly because Elsass and I just kind of... Uh, Went with the flow of things, and I didn't realize, actually, we didn't talk baseball until Dre said, wow, a whole show without baseball, or without football, excuse me. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, we didn't. Yeah, which is crazy, because preseason started this past yep. weekend. And I and by the way, I must say, uh, I got a text from uh, Elsass after the show ended saying, uh, I don't know if I can uh, match up to yeah, your so standards. And I was like, dude, come on, it, it could have been that bad. talk about some things that Elsass did good and bad. Okay. And maybe we'll clip this one for Instagram. Good things that Josh Elsass did. <laughs> Had the board in front of him. Um, was very good about, you know, working all these little knobs and, and technical nerd things. Mm -hmm. uh, bad things he did. He had mics muted a lot. Because he would have a microphone muted until someone came to it. And then Dre would say a bunch of things and he'd be muted. Uh -huh. um, Elsass was mad at Mac for not wearing Thoughts of the Bench gear to work. Which was awesome. Except for the fact that Mac had a Thoughts of the Bench hat on. So that's a plus <laughs> and a minus there. Elsass was good about pouring beers. Even though I had to drive a car home that night. So I didn't get to drink that much. Aww. Elsass was bad at... No, I mean, he, he did okay. He was very good at setup. He was very good. We were in there very early. We got there a lot earlier than we normally do. Really? But I got to leave work at 4, and he was ready. Ah, okay. As, like, you you leave work at 4, but then we have to walk to get your car. Mm -hmm. So that's nothing we can knock against you. He wrapped up the cords very well. I did see that. That yeah. was very, very Greg nice. actually asked if we had new cords, so. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, I, maybe we'll have some kind of competition between the two of you. But oh, I, I mean, was good. I, I can never match his roadie skills. I mean, he would kick my ass easily, so. Yep. 
He is a roadie. But anyways, let's talk some football since we missed it. Um, let's first this Antonio Brown thing. Mm-hmm. So basically, guys, if you do not know, Antonio Brown filed a grievance with the NFL. He is trying to use his helmet that he has used his whole career. This helmet by the NOS, NOCSEA, the YMCA, something like that. <laughs> I don't um, know the organization Because either. it is, it's like the National Equipment Operations Personnel of the American football. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But basically, this league has been, uh, or this helmet has been there for 10 plus years. They do not renew helmets that are 10 plus years old. They have to keep going and making new helmets. And they apparently have been telling players for the last five years yes. that is going to go away. Now, Brady and Rogers were grandfathered in last year to wear the same helmet, even though they had the same problem because it was a grace period. But so, was, at, so was AB. But no, this is the. F- no, 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 no. All three of them were grandfathered the previous year to play, to use it the previous year. This new year. Rodgers and Brady don't have it anymore. Okay. We'll yeah. have to look into that because I disagree with you. But No, I that's the whole story that they were talking about on ESPN. Like Schefter even said it too because I watched it on Friday. They were grandfathered in last year to use it, but then this coming new year, Rodgers and Brady and AB and anyone else who was grandfathered couldn't do it anymore. Okay. I don't believe you, but I believe you. Um, that's moral of the story here. I don't believe you, but you believe you. Um, remember when you said we're not cutting each other off? Mm. <laughs> No, but anyway, so they're grandfathered in, but they were all told, hey, this is the last year you can wear this helmet. AB, you know, said that these new helmets make him not, like, they block his vision of catching the ball, and he won't play again if he doesn't get this helmet and this and that, which a lot of us thought to be real. Because when he did the interview, I believe, with Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, he said, I don't need the game. AB don't need the game. The game needs AB. I can walk away and be happy. He was very adamant about that. Yeah, that was when he was in the blonde mustache days. So a lot of people thought that was it for him. He obviously has his foot injury with the crypto tank in France where he, uh, an Olympic runner, said he had the same injury, and it took him eight months to come back. Jesus. Yeah. Fully. He said every time he would run, he'd get blisters, this and that. Isn't it his own fault, though, for, wear, for not wearing socks in a crypto tank? 100%. Like, come on, that's just stupid. He thought he was, you know, he's, he thought he was better than man. Apparently um, not. And now AB put out a tweet saying, you know, the hashtag he used was bigger than me, and he starts talking about, like, can't wait to play with his team and stuff. Like, he's he's a nutcase. Let's just get that right down and, and flat out. This dude is a complete liability. I'm so glad we do not have him anymore. Nope. I believe we used his best years, and honestly, I could not be happier. <laughs> At this point, I mean, I don't really have anything else much I can throw into this. I After seeing the story that came out this past Friday, because I was in my hotel room in St. Louis, I saw yeah. it. I, I was just dumbfounded by it, uh, and then I got the alert that he told the Raiders that if he can't get his helmet, he's not playing football anymore. It's and then just now, stupid to me. And like, now I don't he's understand face. It. Like, it's, it. It is just an absolute train wreck. And but that, what and it comes down to for me is that Antonio Brown is looking for every and any excuse to have a down year. Not even bullshit. Why would you say that? Because he knows he doesn't have the same quarterback. He knows he doesn't have the same offensive line. He knows he doesn't have the same run game. He knows he doesn't have the same defense. I think, like, I'm not saying that he did the foot thing on purpose or the helmet thing, you know, was planned. Oh, no. I think the foot thing was total stupidity on his part. 100%. Yeah. But what I am getting at is he's probably excited because he's like, oh, yeah, I can blame this year on me having a bad helmet or bad feet. I, I just am so over Antonio Brown as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see after how many weeks before he throws either a tantrum or he just wears himself thin in Oakland. Yeah, and I don't – like, so Gruden came out. So John Gruden came out and basically said – you know, we're with AB. This foot issue is a big deal. The helmet thing, we stand with him. 
um, which I call bullshit. Yeah, he's across being, the board. He's being way too like cutesy about this. Like it, Gruden. It, yeah, like John freaking Gruden. There, He's I, supposed to be Mr. Football, man. I'll tell I, you what. I have never seen him bend over backwards for a player like that before in my life. Well, it, it's either A.B. or Nate Peterman. One of those two is <laughs> going to be the apple of his freaking eye. He, I mean, Nate had a good run. Hail to Pitt. The Nate Peterman thing was funny. Ugh. I'm not going to lie. Ugh. Uh, so let's go through some Steelers. I'm tired of talking about A.B. He's a toxic person. I'm glad he's out. Yeah, I did not get the full rundown of the Steelers uh, training camp game. Sorry, <gasps> first preseason game until this morning when I went on Steelers Depot and I read up like the positional Did grades. you not watch the game? Not on in St. Louis, man. It's on apps, Greg. I was at the actual – I was at Bush Stadium while the game was going on. I'm sorry. I got wow. alerts. I got alerts throughout the game. Some yins are. Um, so to let you know some of the better names that I saw play. Okay. Um, I really, 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 really like James Washington. <laughs> That's a lot of reallys. It's right a there. lot of reallys, man. The only, <laughs> I mean, he had an amazing catch, a couple touchdowns. Rudolph threw to him a nice one. Dobbs underthrew him on a one that he would have been a tutty left and right. Washington's mm. going to be great this year. Yeah. Um, Bush, 10 tackles for number 10. The ten, or 10 tackles for the 10th pick in the draft, excuse me. Yeah, I read that. Can't he be was mad all, at that. I read he was all over the field in yep. that game, too. Couldn't stop Ola. Couldn't stop Skipper. Couldn't stop. Bugs. I mean, our our defense is deep, mm-hmm. really deep. Um, Dobbs and Rudolph. It, it's kind of neck and neck, and it's it's the way that I worded it. Okay. I think Dobbs has the higher ceiling this very second. Rudolph has the higher floor this very second, and see, for I, the future, I think Rudolph is the better play. See then, but if you're saying that, then it should be the opposite. Dobbs should have the higher floor, but Why? then Rudolph should have the higher ceiling if you think he has the most potential. There. No, no, no. Right now, currently. Okay. Rudolph, if, if Ben goes down, Mason Rudolph is the safe play because he is more conservative. I think he's going to turn the ball over less. But Dobbs offers something, one, with his legs, and two, with his, you know, he, he can get out of the pocket, he can move more, and I think he has a quicker throw, better arm right now, whereas Mason's a little more accurate. My point about the floor ceiling is that if you want to put Dobbs in a game, he is more likely to try to win the game. I think Rudolph is going to be more conservative. That's where the floor ceiling Which comes is from. kind of the opposite compared to last year because when uh, Dobbs had to play, it was more about don't lose us the game. Yeah. When in terms of instead of you know trying to add more to it, it was like don't fuck up. And I think, I think with Mason breathing down his neck, he has to do more to show that he's a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Steelers have always had a thing where it's been like we have a big starter. I mean, it's been Ben for how long? Right. We have a big starter and then whatever. We have whatever backup. You know, we got Vic. We got Jones. We got this, that. We're finally in a place where we have two guys competing to be the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback after Ben. One of these two guys is going to be our next quarterback. It's looking more and more and more each day that it is Mason Rudolph. Um, personally, I like Dobbs a lot. I, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a great you know, athlete. But it's more and more each day looking to be Mason. Now, obviously, Dobbs is ahead of him right now but I'm just speaking for the future. And that's right now, and that's mostly just because of the fact that he has another year of pro experience ahead of him, so he has yep. a little more time in the system. But yep, yep, yep. I am in agreement with you that if they were that high on Mason Rudolph, that they came out and said that they had a first-round grade on him, the coaches clearly like him a lot more than they do Dobbs, and they are giving them every chance to do it. That's I what like, I like. They're giving Dobbs every chance to remain number two, and, and I think he's doing well enough. I like that Finkner came out before the season and said – 
and I quote that this is an evolving competition. Like there could be yeah. weeks where there could be weeks where one guy's the backup and one's the third stringer, but that's good though. If you have that constant competition going at quarterback, that can only add more to be able to build the development of your two guys. Talk about some of the other positions we have going on. Um, I, I, don't, I Our corners are a little finicky in a way that if Hayden goes down, like you brought up, if he goes down, we're kind of worried. I like our depth a lot. I like guys like Lane, but Lane needs to work on his hands. I thought Marcus Allen had a decent game. I heard, I heard, I heard Justin Lane didn't really look too good. He looked okay. He was in the right spots. He just didn't play the ball well. Okay. Um... I heard Javon Hargrave played, like, a lot of the game, which I did not understand. Yeah, I don't know. Like, why he played so yeah. much. Or... I, heard our, I heard our offensive tackles didn't do too well. I heard Chooks looked like he was overwhelmed at left tackle. Um, Zach Banner was okay. Uh, Fred Johnson. I mean, uh, I heard uh, – yeah, what was it? Um, oh, yeah, something about Trey Edmonds apparently was phenomenal in pass yeah. blocking, which Very I'm, good. I'm not surprised by Cause that. Because Zora brought that up a ton of times. He was – I mean, the Edmonds family you can't speak well enough about. They're beasts. They're just yeah. athletic beasts. Yeah. I also, dude's going to be good. I saw Benny Snell kind of underwhelmed with his stats. But then again, like, I, I'm willing to give him a side on that because if you're using, like, the third string – Yeah, he got missed to, a lot too. Dobbs missed him. Rudolph mm-hmm. missed him. Um, the third string uh, Hodges missed him a couple times. It, it wasn't. I mean, Snell did well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Samuels obviously had a great game, and some of our backup receivers played really well. Yeah. How did uh, How did our four stringer uh, Devlin Hodges look? Good. He. I mean, as good as he can. Because like me and you were talking on this too when we went to camp, Hodges actually looked impressive. He yeah. was working with a lot of third teamers, obviously, but at the same time, though, like. He didn't make too many mistakes. No. He's definitely an undersized quarterback, but at, at the same time, like I have nothing wrong with him being a future no. second with a future second or third string quarterback for yeah. us. Dude, absolutely looked good. I was very impressed with mm-hmm. him. So, um, but let's just go through football. And t- so, did you see anything more about the Cowboys? Yeah, uh, because I was off today, uh, I was able to actually watch some ESPN. I saw a little bit of first take. I skipped and saw a little bit of um, Undisputed on FS1. I heard the story about how uh, Dak Prescott was offered 30 mil and turned it down. Uh, I saw the story that Ezekiel Elliott is still uh, on a holdout right now. Yep. I would love to know your thoughts on Dak Prescott getting offered 30 mil. So, my... Personal thoughts and uh, just, you know, fun fact, because apparently I found out that the audio is not working on the video. We're doing a fantasy draft today, Greg. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's, yeah, let's start with Dak. So Dak Prescott was offered 30 mil, which would have aligned him with Matt Ryan as the fifth. He would have been tied for fifth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. The reason that Dak does not believe he should get that much money, he should get more, is because of the Carson Wentz deal. Dak believes that he has been a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz got a excuse me, a large amount of money. The problem is Carson Wentz does not have Ezekiel Elliott. Carson Wentz does not have the best offensive line in the NFL when he came in and became the rookie sensation that he was. Carson Wentz has to do more than Dak Prescott does. Carson Wentz has to do a lot more with less. Mm -hmm. You also look at the fact that Carson Wentz is injury prone. Dak has not really been injured yet. So there's a conversation there. But for me as the Cowboys, personally, I think that there's a lot of quarterbacks that can do what Dak has done in that time the problem is you don't have any of those guys so it's a it's it's a conversation about what you currently have is Dak, who you think wants too much money which is fine i think Dak, i think Dak should have got that 30 million and said done but the the big issue is the cowboys don't have much else 
at, at running back or quarterback. I mean, I'm going to look it up right now because I don't even know who the Cowboys' backup quarterback is. Well, the, I don't know the backup quarterback. I know their backup running back is Tony Pollard, who Jerry Jones has been pushing heavily. I love media, Pollard. Which, I, I love him. Which absolutely he should. He's trying to yeah. essentially kind of stabilize the confidence of a young rookie who is playing behind Ezekiel Elliott, who if Zeke holds out, then Tony Pollard is the guy. There's and Cooper Rush out of uh, Louisiana Tech. I mean, not, not a horrible. He's not great, but, not, yeah, but he's not him, horrible. Yeah. But no, I mean, looking at it from this perspective, like you got to push Tony, Tony Pollard as much as you can because this is a guy that's going to be your starting running back going in. If his confidence is completely crushed going into – going into week week one and he knows and jerry jones knows this then we're in for a long season yep. and dak prescott is not going to win you win you a division no i i like dak prescott a lot in fantasy if if this gets signed in the sense of um i just like him normally but that's also when zeke's there it's a very tough team to talk about because amari okay let's let's break them down for fantasy purposes right now okay. if neither of them sign i don't believe there is an offensive weapon on the cowboys that is worth a grab outside of tony pollard at running back. I don't believe in Amari Cooper if he doesn't have Dak Prescott because I didn't believe in Amari Cooper in Oakland. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, Dak Prescott's not holding out or anything. Like, Dak Prescott will play at the beginning of this year, though. Yeah. So it's not necessarily to say that, you know, he's going to have Cooper Rush or Mike White throwing at him for the rest of the year. I Dak know, Prescott will be there. It's just a different Dak if he's not signed, in my opinion. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it. I mean, you're any, right. You're right. You're right. He is going to play. If anything, Dak essentially has to play to prove himself worthy of the money. He's he, yeah. if he does not sign, he's in a contract year. So Dak is risking a lot this year if he doesn't sign because essentially he could get injured and he's screwed. Well, here's the other question: If you're Dak, you're looking at Zeke's situation. And you're saying, "All right, I'm coming back in a year where I don't have the best running back in football. My O line is not what it used to be, even though it's still there. It's still and solid, you really man. only have one receiving target worth a shit." Yeah, and, and that's Cooper. I mean, I can't put Jason White, Jason Witten there. I mean, he's no. a shell of himself. So you're saying as Dak, you're saying I need to squeeze every single penny I can because I don't think, I don't believe that Dak is betting on himself. I think he's trying to squeeze every penny out that he can because he knows this team is not going to be what it was. Yeah, but if his team's not good enough to essentially go that far, then 30 mil I feel like should be reasonable then. Because with Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, at least there is some sort of proof to show what he could be MVP, when everything goes Almost an MVP season before the injury. Yeah, if, if he didn't get injured, he would have been an MVP. And I truly believe that he's, they still would have won a Super Bowl with him. Yeah, 100%. I, I really believe that. 100%. So, I, like, looking at Carson Wentz, I would, it's justifiable to give him the amount of money that he did. With, with Dak, it's a little different because if you take Zeke and you take – Amari Cooper out of there, then Dak is not a thirty million dollar quarterback. So it's kind of like it's kind of yeah. surprising that a the Cowboys we even offer him that much money to begin yeah, with. That's and then, crazy. To me. And then b I don't believe I don't believe for a second he shouldn't have turned it down. He absolutely should have taken it. Uh, what do you think about Melvin Gordon's situation currently? He has said that he's going to sit out. He said he demands a trade formally. I mean, I don't think that there's a twenty nineteen NFL season with Melvin Gordon in it. Like at all? Like you don't think anyone's going to try uh, to trade for him? I mean, maybe they trade for him, but not while he's in the Chargers. And I don't see a lot of teams that are going to trade for him after the season already started. I mean, there's a couple teams that should trade for him, right. in my perspective, but I don't believe that it's going to happen. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like waits to see how their running back depth looks to maybe give Melvin Gordon a run because maybe excuse me because you're still adding an an all pro potential running back to your roster but i think melvin gordon is trying to use levion bell situation and then try to turn it into his favor but the difference is that it didn't yeah. work out for levion bell i i mean like granted yes levion bell did get 12 mil a year 
Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, he made less money. So I, Yeah, it, he did. He and that's less, the thing. He, he definitely made less money. You yeah. can't even, you know, that's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Although I will say this. I, I, Melvin Gordon will probably be younger than when Bell was when he got his, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then I'm look, and then also think about it too. Melvin Gordon was a first round pick. So weirdly enough, like this would be his fifth year. So it's his option year. Oh, wow. That's true. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I mean, with Le'Veon Bell, he had four years. So, well, that's tough then. I don't know. They're right around the same age. Yeah. I wonder if, in all seriousness, if the, who's more worried, the Chargers or Melvin Gordon? I think Melvin Gordon like because Melvin Gordon is a lot worried because teams in general we have touched on this before. Teams right now are much more inclined to be able to stockpile as many running backs as they can and then yep. make do with what they can. If one turns out very well for them, then you're golden. If it doesn't, you're just going to keep restocking the pipeline because college will continuously produce solid running backs. That's just yeah. how it'll work. And, and, and I mean, they obviously have Jackson and Eckler who've turned out, you know, have proven to be very, very good mm-hmm. when called upon. Right. If you look at the college pipeline, there will never be a, sorted, a shortage of running backs and wide receivers. The way that spread offenses are built right now and the majority of college systems are set up, that is what you are going to get and have to work with. So, therefore, it's going to be a revolving pipeline to the case where unless you have a true number one wide receiver yep. at your disposal, you probably don't necessarily have to pay number two money to guys anymore. That's very and true. That, and that's going to become a thing eventually just because of the ridiculous amount of receivers that you have now. And with running backs, it's the same way. It's essentially like you can just stockpile bodies, and if you have a solid offensive line to build with, you're not going to want to pay running back one money anymore. So, okay, so let's get over to a team that did pay their running back, Melvin Gordon. Or, (laughs) Todd Gurley. (laughs) All right. That's it, Melvin Gordon. And that's the other reason, too. Teams are going to look at what happened with Todd Gurley, and they're not going to do it anymore because Todd Gurley is essentially, and the Rams are snake bit. Do you think they're actually snake bit? With that deal? You don't think they knew that there was an injury on Todd and they didn't? They weren't prepared for it? I think the Rams looked at it and probably thought that we got three years from this guy. Let's buy out his two remaining rookie deals, add four years onto it. Maybe in the long run we'll consider it a bargain because of how salaries are going to escalate. I think too. what turned out was that they was the injuries kept stockpiling and then it was damaged goods. I don't – you think he's damaged goods? I mean, going into the season, there's just so many questions about him, and then the fact that he just did not show up for the Super Bowl, it kind of makes you kind of lean that way. I mean, I, I don't hate that take. I think damaged goods normally means that you – I don't I, I don't. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I'm, I don't hate that take, actually. Yeah. But I don't agree I mean, with it. But I, I mean, you it. could argue that it's a bit harsh because, I mean, this is a guy that when he was healthy and not in a Jeff Fisher offense, he was phenomenal. But at the same time... Well, Jeff Fisher has that effect on people. Yeah, Jeff Fisher really does have that effect. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, now, I guess the other thing that I'm thinking about with it, though, is in all seriousness, with Todd Gurley, I don't believe that they think Henderson is this... I don't believe that they believe these other backs that they have are as good as him, obviously. And oh, I, I don't think so either. think that they're going to monitor and take care of his situation. And it's funny because the Rams have a formula to be successful yes they just do i do not believe that mcveigh would have paid Gurley if he didn't see some of this coming and i think that the workload will reflect that i think the other thing to look at too is that this offensive line is not as good as it was back then because there yeah. were there were a number of there were a number of guys who left in free agency there's also i mean andrew whitworth who's probably their best their best player he's retiring soon 
their starting center isn't going to be there anymore. Yep. So it's this is a revamped offensive line, and they did not have a lot of high picks to work with the last few years. So it's going to be interesting to see how that O-line looks holding it up. And honestly, if they could open up the holes for Gurley or whoever's in the backfield. I don't know how to change our draft position, Greg. Edit league. <laughs> there you go. Maybe. Draft settings? You think it's draft settings? Is it random? Uh-huh. Where do you want to pick from, Greg? We're not doing a rate. Ra- well, I mean, how much? What are we at? All right, let's do the mock. All right. Mock draft, guys. I don't think the video is working, so you just have to stick to audio. Greg, it is a 12-person PPR league. I'm going to be a little ballsy. I'm going to go seven. Okay. I wonder if we can. Can we do two? No, we can't do two. We don't need two. All right. Well... Yeah, I want to see. I want to see how seven works because I feel like the majority of running backs will get taken. So I'd like to see what would be left for me. You think? Yeah. Also, that reminds me. After the show ends, I have some. Uh, I have some fancy football stuff I want to touch on with you. I got an offer this weekend that I Let's think you'd be it. intrigued by. Let's go over now. Don't go over now. Well, I figure out the mock stuff because right. I think I have two accounts. So if I log out, I can log into my phone, and you can do one of them. So one of my fantasy football leagues that I've been in for a long time is my brother's league, um, and we've had the same consistent number of players for a while now at twelve. Um, what we're doing this year, and this is a little. Oh yeah, you brought this up kind of to me before, right? No, how to how to stop trade or picks up on the waiver? No, 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 no. Okay. That, that's my that's my keeper league. That's different. Uh, so, my bad, my bad, my bad. So what we're doing this year, and this is kind of interesting. So. My brother's friend Davis, who you have not met yet, but yeah, who used Davis to talk, talks a lot of shit about FIFA. Talks and I a lot definitely of shit on, don't want. I don't think I'd beat him right right this second, but I would have kicked his <laughs> ass back. So, in the day. so my brother and him essentially want to create a Premier League Football Association style league going into next year. Okay, where what we do is whoever makes playoffs from my brother's league and whoever makes playoffs from Davis's league are going to be part of the league one next year and everyone who doesn't will be relegated to the okay. bottom league. So how many teams are in this? So my brother's league has 12. Okay. Um, I do not know how many are in Davis's. I'm assuming 10, but Votash has already committed to being a team member in Davis's league. There's another spot open in Davis's and my brother wanted me to ask if you'd be interested. So, okay. So you're not even asking for advice. So what happens is there's two 12 team leagues. Yes. And then the top six of each go into a top tier? Yes, after the season. So the top six will be competing as normal for playoffs and then for a championship. The top six after this season from each league will then go into one league by itself. And then next year, the bottom six from each league will go into another league. And then once those two leagues are set, we're then going to go with the promotion relegation system of whoever wins in the bottom league, only one person. The winner moves up, not two. I believe or uh, there's still some fuddling going. I think it'll be three, most likely. Okay. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Let me think. So I'm in the Thoughts in the Bench League. Yep. My Kiski League. Yep. My Dynasty League. Yep. My Work League. Yep. Kaylee's Family League. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> um. That's why I, I wanted to broach it with you before I committed it because is knew- there a buy-in? And what are the rules of the league? I believe there is a buy-in. Um, unfortunately, last I remember, it was not PPR, though they might have changed it this year. Okay, it's not PPR. It, and they might have changed it this year for all I know. Okay. Okay? I don't think I've ever been in a non-PPR league, to be honest with you. It's, it's challenging. 
But I picked this up. Okay, but that's that's why I said if you want to do it, I will have my brother give you all the information you want. Let me decide. Oh wait, is this working? Ha ha! I think I figured it out. Okay. Nope, that's the Greg Sucks League. We need the Greg League. The Greg Sucks League. Don't worry about it. Um, basically, I made the one on the Greg Sucks League, and I'm trying to figure out how to invite my one account to my other accounts league right now, Greg. And, and so what is this page that you're on anyway? Sleeper Butt. Sleeper App. Basically, it's the greatest thing, guys. If you ever do mocks, go to Sleeper App. It is unbelievably awesome, except for the desktop. Okay. Okay. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I would like to message someone. How do I message someone? See, like, I don't... The desktop version sucks. Okay. Everything else is awesome. Okay. So, like, I have the Greg League right here. I can invite, but I have to copy it. Okay. No, I don't want to chat with Sleeperbot. So, here's what we're going to do. All right. I'm going to text it to myself on the big phony phone. Ooh, the phony phone. Hit enter. Fancy. Is anyone else I know in this league, Greg? Uh... Not in the one you'll be in, aside from Vo. And I mean, you know, Dave. You know, you kind of. I like Davis. Have you actually met Davis? I met him. I think I met him at Pop. Yeah, you met him the one time because I think you, they were. That's how you guys started talking trash to one another about the. Premier oh League. no no. Uh, who's he a fan of? Arsenal. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> he he was he was very upset about the David Louise pickup. So he was upset. He was upset. For eight mil, he didn't. He hates David Luiz. That's fine, but for eight <laughs> mil, I'm taking a guy that plays basically center defensive mid. By the way, uh, before we start getting in fantasy, let's give a quick shout out to opening Premier League season. It is beautiful to see yeah, soccer back on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Your club came out guns blazing Bro, and beat. I mean, up. Okay, here's what it comes down to: Funyak suck a penis. It was <laughs> basically I tweeted them. They both, him and Marty, both owe me a pitcher of beer. They, is he an unofficial Blues fan now? Yeah, he is now, which it, it's not Marty's fault. Okay. But Funyak was like, you had no reason to. He said at one nothing, we had no reason to win the game. And then we won 4 nothing. Mm-hmm. We had a freaking field day. And Marty asked me, he's like, hey, I don't really understand it. What did Funyak mean by, you know, um, you don't deserve to win this game? I said, what Funyak means by that is Chelsea had possession early on through the entirety of the game. Manchester United is a very driven counterattack team. We right. are faster than you. That is why we picked up James. That is why we have Mertial. That is why we have Rashford. Mm-hmm. We are faster than your team around the field. Mm-hmm. We let you build up, build up, build up, build up. And then when you get spread out, we let Rashford and Martial go and beat your defense because they are better than your best player. Mm-hmm. They are young. We have the youngest average age in the Prem. Yep. Harry Maguire was the best defender in the whole entire weekend, across the board. That's saying a lot. Aaron Wan-Bissaka was unbelievable. Wan-Bissaka hit every time we lost the ball. The dude came out of nowhere with a slide tackle. It was unreal. Luke Shaw played okay, not hating it. McTominay and Pereira in the middle were unbelievable. I actually formally believe that we could win the Prem this year after that's, that game. That's saying a lot after only the first game, man. I, I, I still stick by it. That's fair. All right, so you pick the seven. All right. I will pick from the... I'm just going to go 11. Okay. Let's see if I can actually figure out how to pick it, though. God, do I hate everything. All right. So I wonder. But no, I thought it was amazing. How did Southampton do, bud? Uh, we unfortunately lost 3 nothing. We were tied 0-0 at the half. And then um, uh, Ashley Martin for uh, Burnley scored two straight goals. And then we were dead in the water. Unfor- Thankfully, we were not in last place, unlike Chelsea. Yeah. So, just well, Chelsea's tied for last. It, oh, did they tie? 
Chelsea? Yeah. No, but I mean, everyone that lost their games in last place. Yeah, but goal differential uh, is the big difference. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, because we only I lost by, we only lost by three. They lost by four. So, hey, just, just throwing that out there. Man. All right, so what I'm going to do now, so you said you want the seven. I want the seventh, yes. Okay. And I want the 11. So okay. we're going to do that, and then we're going to do that. Okay. Save. Save. Does it bang. actually, just out of curiosity, does mm-hmm. it grade you after? It does not, but oh, we can type our teams f- in. We can type our teams in if you that want. That would have been fun. All right, how do I start this? So here you are. Okay. Just hold on to that for a second. You'll be drafting from there. Got it. Set draft time. Set draft date. Today. What time, time is it? 12, 721. This draft will start at 722. Okay. All right. Drafting soon. Did you get a button or nothing? Uh, Greg broke it. I did not break it. Just hold it. Gives you like preview draft and all that stuff. How do you get in the... How do you jump in the thing? Let me see if preview draft... Oh, drafting now. Okay. Okay, cool. So... We're using the sleeper app again, guys. This is a fifth. I don't know why it's 15 rounds. Holy shit. All right. Well, it's a 12-team PPR. Greg is at the 7. I am at the 11. Here is your phone, Gregory. Thank you. And how do you start? By clicking on settings. Settings. Begin Begin draft. Okay. So here we go, guys. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, ooh, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, so this computer, so it's going to be a little weird. So leading up to Greg's pick, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Julio Jones. Greg, you have basically everyone else other than those guys in front of you. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to get my running back early. Uh, I'm going to go for a guy that I feel like is going to get a lot of work this year because he does have a rookie to deal with, so he's going to be a lot more. I'm going to go. Good pick. Yep. Johnson out of Arizona, man. David Johnson. David Johnson. Um, at one point in his career, we thought he could go. Did you? Sl- okay, I did. It's going a little we thought slow he, for we me. We thought he was going to be a stud. So, but I mean, you can argue that it was very. It says you're on the clock. It doesn't say it on here. Hmm, that's weird. Okay, there we go. It lagged through. Um, so then, Le'Veon Bell, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams go. So. Basically, DJ was supposed to go for 1K, 1K a few years ago. Injuries, bad quarterback play, bad wide receiver play, bad offensive line. I I like him this year. He's not going to be anywhere near 1K, 1K in my mind, but I I like him a lot. No chance. So I'm sitting here at the 11 spot. I've been a firm believer that in the first two rounds, you have to get two wide receiver or two running backs this year, excuse me. Yep. Because it's not that deep. So I look up here uh, James Conner, Todd Gurley, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon. I love Todd Gurley. But I formally believe that if I take him now, Connor will be gone because the next guy gets a wraparound, and sometimes they take the top two picks. Yep. So even though I kind of have a, an inkling that the Steelers might, might, might use more than one running back in a game, I'm going with my guy James Connor because I, I don't believe that they will. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how they're going to play that out, but I, I think it won't necessarily be where they'll split carries a lot. Now I love. Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. I don't love Joe Mixon that much. Right. I don't believe in a guy that has a terrible team around him that is not Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley can play through anything. Joe Mixon just cannot. Todd Gurley's here. I don't like Dalvin Cook. He's very injury prone, and I love Nick Chubb, but I'm I'm taking the upside of Gurley here 
and as I'm going to be should. happy with it. Really, as you should. I feel like James Conner and Todd Gurley as a combo there are phenomenal. So then goes Cook, Juju, Nick Chubb, and Greg, you're back on the clock. Top guys here, Joe Mixon, Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans, Damian Williams, Antonio Brown. Yeah, for me, I fall in the same line of thinking as you will, is that I really want my two running backs early. And you may not be a fan of Joe Mixon, but I look at how that offense is going to be run, and he is going to be relied on a lot this year. I truly believe he is a poor man's, let's say, poor man's Alvin Kamara. I think he's a very, very poor man, Saquon Barkley. That's fair. Because the team is shit. That's fair. But I know he's going to get relied on the most. I know he's going to get the most touches. So I'm going to go Joe Mixon. We've got a ton of picks that will wrap around. I'm not going to say them all, but we'll just talk when Greg is back up here. Um, Personally, I don't believe in going into the draft saying that I have to get two running backs in the first two rounds or I have to get a wide receiver in the first three because it's situational. If everyone in front of you takes a wide receiver, then you're going to take running back vice Mm -hmm. versa. I do believe this year, though, that getting running backs early is – the most important thing across the board. Because right now, Greg, if you wanted a running back, you're looking at Aaron Jones, Devontae Freeman, Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs. That is a very different tier than what you were just looking at in the second round. That is accurate. Um, But looking at the wide receivers that I have at my disposal now, I have Julian Edelman, I have Brandon Cooks, I have Robert Woods, I have Kenny Galladay, I have Chris Goodwin, I have Cooper Cup. So I don't have the elite level to go with. It Almost is kind of like maybe it'd be better off to go with the number one receiver first and then get two running backs so you get a high upside guy and then maybe a sleeper. Well, do you like, I mean, which of these running backs would you take if it fell this far? If it fell this far? Like if you did take a receiver and you were with Johnson or Mixon, either one, which of these running backs would you have taken? Of the ones that I have like available to yeah. me right now, I would probably lean more towards Devontae 100%. Yeah, mainly because he is the number one back right there, so I know what to expect from him. And I, but, I don't trust Aaron Jones. Yeah, but looking at it right now, uh, I need receivers, so I'm going to go with the best one available, and I know this is going to be the guy that's going to be relied upon target for Tom Brady. It's going to be Julian yep. Edelman. Great pick. I like him a lot this year. He's coming in without that four-game suspension of last year where he even finished still amazing with that. Um, Patty Mahomes goes next. I like Patrick Mahomes every year as a football player. Uh, he'll have a touchdown regression this year. Um but I, I don't. I mean, I'm just not going to be the guy that takes him. That's fair. Third, third round two. I kind of feel like is the safe area for him. Yeah. So I personally, right now, the way I'm looking at it, I want Robert Woods, but because there is a very good chance that he wraps around because the guy behind me is Odell and Michael Thomas, I'm going to go Zach Ertz. I think the I like top tier tight ends, the Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle. Which honestly, this is not a knock against George Kittle. I don't believe he has the same year because I believe there's a kind of a gap between him and Jimmy Garoppolo for a little bit. George Kittle is, you know, there but not there. Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz, those are two guys. And, yes, there goes Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs, so I was correct. Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey are guys you can take within the first four rounds and feel very, very comfortable. That's fair. So now I'm going to get my guy. I'm going to go with Robert Woods. I like Brandon Cooks better as a football player, but Robert Woods just catches more passes out of that offense. I traded him away for Anthony Miller, D.D. Westbrook, and Geronimo Allison in my dynasty league. If one of them hits, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Wrapping back, George Kittle then goes. Devontae Freeman, Chris Carson, those three are in between me and Greg. Greg, you're sitting here with one wide receiver, Two running backs. Yeah, so I'm going to fill up more of that wide receiver core that I need. Uh, Looking at my options, I have Brandon Cooks. I have Kenny Galladay. I have Chris Goodwin. I have Cooper Cup. I really like Cooper Cup. Godwin, you bastard. But honestly, I got to go Brandon Cooks right now. He's the best option for me, and I feel like he's going to get the most consistent targets on that offense. It's crazy to me that Cooks has spent his NFL career on three teams. Mm -hmm. Like He started with the Saints. Yeah, and I, I did not understand that because who did he get traded for? Uh, Butler. 
Oh, that's right. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it was Malcolm Butler, I'm pretty no, sure. No, Malcolm Butler went to the Titans. Hmm. All right, well, right now I am back on if the clock. If it was, clock. I'd be surprised. So looking at this again, uh, let's let's kind of go through the wide receivers more because right now my tight end, I think I'm going to wait another round before I go towards. So right now for my, for my wide receivers, this is very intriguing. We have DJ Moore. We have Mike Williams. It was for a first-round pick. Okay, we have uh, we have DJ Moore, we have Mike Williams, we have Alshon Jeffrey, we have Dante Pettis, we have Robbie Anderson, we have Allen Robinson. You are a big fan of DJ Moore. Yes. And I could actually very much see him getting a lot of looks in that offense this year because of the fact that they're not going to have Devin Funchess anymore. Christian McCaffrey can't be the number one Five guy that they look receivers at. receivers went in front of you. Yeah, so I personally, I really like DJ Moore, and I'm going to say he could have a breakout year this year. I know a lot he of people will. are high on Curtis Samuel, but DJ Moore Hate right it. now I think is the number one wide receiver in that offense, so I'm going DJ Moore. Before you went Boyd, Landry, Ridley, Lockett, and how the great have fallen, A.J. Green. Fifth After round. you goes one of my favorite guys as well, Mike Williams, and then Philip Lindsay, O.J. Howard. So I'm up. I'm sitting here with um, – you know, Gurley, Connor, I'll need another running back there. I have Robert Woods, Zach Ertz. I traditionally like to make sure I have my starters before I fill up backups. But in this situation, there's a guy here that I love way too much. Uh, the upside's way too great, and I'm going Tevin Coleman. Okay. Tevin like Coleman was brought in from a Shanahan offense in Atlanta to a Shanahan head coaching offense in San Fran. The only competition for his role there is Jarek McKinnon, who is literally on a contract where if they cut him, he gets no money. He's coming off an ACL injury. I think Tevin Coleman is the guy in a very PPR-friendly offense. Then we get down here. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is a wide receiver, too. He's not the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm not a huge Dante Pettis or Robbie Anderson guy. I just don't believe that the volume is there for me to consistently love them. That's completely fair. I do like Allen Robinson a lot, though. And I think Allen Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey are almost one and the same, except for Matt Nagy. So I'm going Allen Robinson. All right. And then, yeah, you look at the offense they're going to be working with. Although both of them are going to kind of be similar with the type of offense. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So then after that, Aaron Rodgers went, Austin Eckler, Lamar Miller. So I'm up right now. Uh, God, I have three wide receivers. Eckler has skyrocketed. I have three wide receivers and two running backs. So I'm going to go with my tight end right now. And the best tight yeah. end available to me is a guy that didn't play a lot last year, but honestly, I think we'll have a big year this year because of how the offense is. So it's going to be Hunter Henry. They only played one game last year because mm -hmm. he tore his ACL in preseason. Yeah, so I'm going to go Hunter Henry. I think he is going to be a great target for Phillip Rivers. I have Ingram and Henry in Dynasty as well as Kamara and McCaffrey. And I still brag about that every day because I think that's insane. Wow. So you're back up. Larry Fitz goes, uh, two tight ends, Deshaun Watson off the board, so he's no more longer for the quarterback. And then, uh, you, you know, Robbie Anderson at wide receiver as well. Yeah. So right now I have three receivers, one tight end, and two running backs. This is kind of the part of the draft where I like to go for my flex positions just to kind of fill that up and get best, you know, possible um, weapons as I can. Yeah. Maybe potential backups to look at this too. Um, looking through the board right now, um, I have a lot of options for guys that I could go with, but I'm going to look at some potential, and you're going to call me crazy on this, but I'm going Darius Geis. I don't like the pick. I, I know that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I don't hate I'm it. Not, I just I'm don't not love relying it. on him to be my number one running back, That's though. fair. I'm relying on him to be that's a That's good, because he won't be. Right. He won't be a number <laughs> one running back right now, but I like the potential that he could be for me. So I'm here with a bit of a middle-of-the-path type pick. I want to take a run or a wide receiver, but mm -hmm. the top guys, Geronimo Allison and Sammy Watkins, I just don't love them, and I think there's deeper guys that I could love. So there's two running backs that I'm fighting between. Okay. Latavius Murray and Daryl Henderson. I believe Malcolm Brown is the backup running back if Todd Gurley goes down. Yep. 
Daryl Henderson is a third down back there that catches a lot of balls, and he'll be used. Latavius Murray, in my honest opinion, is going to be the exact Mark Ingram role. They've said that they don't want to increase Alvin Kamara's workload. They don't want anything going on that um, would make you think that Latavius Murray will not get touchdowns and be used. But since I took Gurley, I'm going Daryl Henderson. Okay. Just because I like Murray a little bit more, and Murray goes right after Ann Breeze. I just personally believe that if I have Henderson, it gives me a little more ease of mind there. Um, Geronimo Allison is there. I, I don't know. It, it, that Green Bay situation, the wide receiver two is going to be good. Just depends who it is. Um, it could be uh, St. Brown. It could be uh, Scandling. It could be a ton of guys yeah. there. Um, I like Sammy Watkins, but he's very injury prone and very scary. Sterling Shepard's there, who I love, but his injury it just makes me mad. So I'm going to take a flyer here and go with Marvin Jones from Detroit. Wow, that's very early, too. Especially in the eighth round. I mean, Ooh, first defense off the board, the Chicago Bears defense in the eighth round. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily the best. So, yeah. All right. So I'm going to keep building up my flex position. Um, so I have three running backs. I have three wide receivers. I'm going to try to prioritize my running back, my wide receivers right now. And I understand he's injured, but I'm actually going to take a flyer on him because I'm not relying on him yet. I'm going to go Sterling Shepard because yeah, I truly right. do believe he's the number one wide receiver going into this year with the Giants. So. Yeah, my whole thing with Marvin Jones, though, is I believe Stafford can throw for 4K. I believe that Kenny Galladay is a decent receiver, but Kenny Galladay is not stretching the field, and they really don't have anyone else that worries me. Marvin mm-hmm. Jones will stretch the field. It's a little boomer bust, but I love the guy. A sleeper pick that got taken right after me is Jordan Howard. I really think Jordan Howard is going to get a lot of looks in, really? the, in the Eagles offense. There's just so many guys. There's there. a lot of guys, but this is still a guy that people really, I feel like, are kind of wishy-washy on just because they see the offense that they ran in Chicago. Yeah. But, but the year before when they didn't have Nagy, he was the primary ball carrier. Well, my whole thing is I never liked Jordan Howard. So, like, I, you know what I mean? He's just a guy that I never really loved. Um, but you're up again. Royce Freeman, an interesting pick goes right in. How do you – Sean McCoy and Ronald Jones the second. One of them's a starter, and the other is Ronald Jones. Yeah. I, it, 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 the fall of LaShawn McCoy has been a very interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so looking at my flex options, because I'm still going to keep building my flex positions in the ninth round, I have D.D. Westbrook, I have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I have Jalen Samuels, Damian Harris, D.K. Metcalf, um, Cortland Sutton. God, if I took him right now, Dre would do black books. But <laughs> That's a great pick, honestly. It is. It's not the best pick there, but it's a great one. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the offensive options that I have at my disposal, and honestly, I'm looking at this. I can't think of who the number one receiver in Jacksonville is. In Jacksonville? Yeah. D.D. Westbrook. Is it? Yeah. So I like, mean, they don't have Marquise Lee. He's no. out. They do have DJ Chark. They do have um, – I think it's Westbrook. Yeah, so D.D.'s essentially going to be the number one target for, for Nick, Nick Foles. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to go D.D. Westbrook. That's the guy here. that I was saying was better there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he, Cam gets off the board, and then DK Metcalf, and then Jared Goff, quarterbacks, man. Uh, I don't believe till taking one around this round. So, I'm, let's, I mean, let's take a look at some of the guys there. And, nope, I can win a league without Jameis Winston, so I'm not taking him. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I mean, this one's very easy for me. Jalen Samuel sitting right there. Yeah. And they handcuff both my starting running backs and call it a day. Yeah, essentially that's the best way to go there. So then goes Damian Harris for New England Patriots and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um so my wide receivers are Marvin Jones, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. My running backs, I'm definitely going to have to start, you know, trading some of them to get other guys. Uh, but right now, I am going to go with a guy that I believe in, that Dre believes in, that we all believe in, and give me Cortland Sutton because I Ooh. think that guy could easily break out and be a wide receiver one this year, and I just got him in the tenth round. Mm. 
So 10th round is usually around the time that I start looking at my quarterbacks. So I'm just going to take a gander to see what I have. I have Jameis Winston, who I'm not crazy about, but... Do you not listen to me when I talk? No, I, I do. But, like, I'm saying 10th round is usually when I start going. I know, I know. But I, you just said the exact same thing that I said, except... I know. <laughs> okay. I know. But I'm looking at my quarterback options right there, and yes. I'm a big believer in Phillip Rivers. So yeah. I'm going Rivers with my 10th round Does it pick. not bother you that it's, he's a guy that's never going to get you rushing yards? I'm okay with it. Because, okay. yeah, because here's the thing. Like, yes, I understand that there's this big... There's this big issue with wanting guys who are dual threat options, but if I know that my quarterback can sling it and maybe get 400 passing yards yep. or something like that, I, I'm perfectly okay with it. So Jameis goes, Lamar Jackson goes, Devin Singletary's a decent pickup there, and um, you're on the clock. All right, so I'm back on the clock. I'm going to keep looking at uh, my different flex options uh, just to keep building my bench and looking around at some potential looks. I'm going to go with a guy that both you and I are very high on going into this year. He's going to be the yep. number two option in Pittsburgh. I'm going James Washington with the 11th round pick. You think he's number two over Moncrief? I think he'll play his way in there eventually. Yeah, I, I trust Moncrief a little more right now, but I believe that he will be. James Washington will be great. All mm -hmm. right, so I'm going to do the same thing you did. It's a good quarterback. So Brady's still there. Dak's still there. Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins. There's guys down lower that I believe I can win a league with. Right. Um, so we're going to wait another round just because it's going to wrap right back to me after this next guy. Um, I still, so my running backs are pretty safe right now. Like I have three running backs. I believe in their backups. I got Zach Ertz. So I'm going to worry about tight end. Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, Marvin Jones, Cortland Sutton are pretty safe wide receiver picks. Um, so let's see if I can get, I'm trying to find something that's a little bit more of a risky flyer. I don't love Paris Campbell just because I feel like he is T.Y. Hilton and I don't like T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> it's like the most unfair thing ever. Wow. Ranked at 151 here is Josh Gordon. So that's something <laughs> uh not gonna take him just letting you know i uh let's do a reach right here give me tony pillard out of dallas Ooh, give 11th, me a guy 11th round pick 11th round pick give me a guy that i believe could be an rb2 okay if zeke does never come back let's uh make it a little fun give me a flyer there and now i'm gonna look at quarterback so let's get my quarterback I believe in Tom Brady, but he has been a top fantasy quarterback for a while. Dak Prescott has been a top 10 play, arguably, the past couple of years. Jimmy Garoppolo coming off a knee injury was a top 10 pick last year. Didn't really do much. I won a league last year with Mitch Trubisky, so I have a soft spot for him. But right now, as it is, I am going. Let's see. Okay, I'm not taking quarterback. I believe Trubisky will wrap around, so why waste the spot? Um, do you like Devin Funchess out of Indianapolis, Greg? I feel like he's replacing uh, Dante Moncrief, essentially. He'll be the number two guy to go with T.Y. Hilton. Moncrief's been gone for a little while. He was well, down in Jacksonville. And who was the number two before last year, then? It was... Um, let's take a look. Oh, do not exit Oh, out, yeah, please. do not exit out that. Yeah, that was, that was safe. Polis, Colts, 2018, Ruster. Now, yeah, Moncrief was down in Jacksonville mm -hmm. because he had left. Um... See, this is obvious. Okay, now I want wide receivers. I The internet, man. Deion uh, Kane, Chester Rogers, Dontrell Inman. I guess they did have Moncrief. You're right. When was he in Jacksonville? I guess the years before that. Maybe? That's interesting. Dude. Good as Wikipedia no, because he was there page. last year. Huh. Okay, well, um, I have 20 seconds left. Um, no, I think I can get him back. I'm going to go with Tyrell Williams in Oakland because I don't know if AB's going to play this year. 
and I think that's a good pickup. <laughs> no, I don't hate that. Um, okay, so looking at my options right now, uh, I, I have three. Alexander I have three running backs on my roster, so I'm actually gonna kind of prioritize. Do you only that. have three? I only have three. Huh. Yeah, so I'm gonna oh, kind of. Yeah. I'm going to kind of peruse wow, around. Wow, and your third one's Geis, who I hate. Yeah. Oh, you have every wide receiver ever. Right. That's, <laughs> that's kind of the trap. That we'll I, trade. We'll trade. I have a lot of running backs. That's kind of the trap that I usually fall into is that I pick too many receivers that I forget to focus on building running back depth. I, I try to keep it as balanced as I can, man, but I'm with you. Yeah. I just so. get so excited about certain guys. Right. So I'm looking at my options now. This might be a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to lean towards him. Um just because I feel like Lamar Miller is very injury-prone and they just traded for him, I'm going to go with Duke Johnson. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. I think Duke will be used. I think Lamar Miller is injury-prone. They don't have anyone else because Foreman was the big pick. Um, I'm interested to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Here's what i say. I like him better than Ito Smith and yep. Justice Hill. I don't like him as much as Justin Jackson because of what could happen, but I think he is a backup, whereas Justin Jackson currently is an RB3. So you know what's something I love? They have a rookie section on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is absolutely phenomenal because now I know my next pick. And, well, uh, we have three rounds left. So this round arguably would be our last guy and then kicker defense unless you don't want to go that route, which whatever. If, if you don't want to, I don't care because we're not playing this league. No, no, I got nothing wrong with that. So like, I'm kind of just perusing through, looking to see my options that I have. And I, I got to go with the guy that I feel like is going to get a lot of reps just because he was a first-round pick. I'm going to go Hollywood Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I picked him in Dynasty as my as the twelfth spot. I think, a, I, think people, a thir- I think a thirteenth round flyer yeah. on him is perfectly reasonable. Then people are like, "Well, who's going to throw him the ball?" I said, "Lamar fucking Jackson," because yeah. he's great. <laughs> um, all right, so I still don't have a quarterback. So let's go there. I, I mean, he's still there, man. I, I personally, here's what it comes down to: I think I can win a league with Nick Foles, Marcus Mariota, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I can win a league with. Not Case, not Josh, not Eli, not Fitz. Like, there's there's so many guys here that I'm right. like, okay, if they're my quarterback, I'm not hating my life. Right. But there's I, a lot of guys on here that it actually is not a bad idea that you waited so long to take a, to take a quarterback. So in the, in the 13th out of 15 rounds, I'm going Mitch Trubisky, and I'm happy about it. I like that. I picked him up midway through last year yep. in one of my leagues, and he was very clutch for me. So Jimmy Garoppolo goes and Greg Zerline goes. I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo in the 14th round could be very, Could very be a good. great pick, yeah. yeah very, very good I'm pick. going over to the defenses. Uh, defenses that have already gone. Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams, Chargers, Ravens, Browns, Vikings. Uh, big one that was not picked so far. I'm going to go Texans. Damn Give it. me the what? Damn it. I was going to take Justin Tucker with my next pick. <laughs> so pissed. All right, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, a leg that I can still rely upon. I'm going to go Steven Goskowski. You take kicker before defense? Yeah, I, I, think, I think you could get a prime kicker, but defenses are one of those things that I feel like you match up based on like yeah, who you're playing fair. against. Although, if Justin Tucker would have fallen to me, I would have been so happy. All right, so with my defense, and I do not hate the best available defense at my disposal, Philadelphia Eagles. They always have a good D. Hmm. Noah Font goes, ooh. And Dante Foreman, who's on the Colts now, and Jamison Crowder, who's on the Jets. Who Jam- ho- hopefully, Jamison Crowder's good. Crowder's probably the number one receiver there. I'm assuming. Um, him or I mean, Rodney Anderson's still there. Rodney Anderson is so boomer bust, though. I think Jamison Crowder is exactly the type of receiver that Sam Darnold needs, like a guy that could be like well, a, good, a, good, a good slot catch. I hope they use him. Yeah. Oh, these kickers are ugly. Matt Prater, Brett Maher, that's Dan Bailey, I, Mason Crosby, Jason Myers, Dustin Hopkins. That's kind of why I wait till I, I wait to get. Did my, you see Chandler Kenton's are he retired? 
And he's still listed on here? Yep. Oof. Zane Gonzalez is... I like Zane Gonzalez. Um, fun fact, the I think the Jets just signed the Ravens backup, who was like 7-for-7 seven seven last year and 6-for-7 this year in preseason games. Like, the dude's insane, and they just didn't find a trade partner. I forget right. who it is, but... Chris Blewett's still on here. Matt McCrane's still on here. Oh, boy. Who else is still on here? That's hysterical. <laughs> Josh Scobie. What a bum. All right, so I need an <laughs> offense that I think is going to score a decent amount. Personally, for me, I'm just going to go with Mason Crosby. He's I believe that Green a, Bay scores. He's a name you can rely on, man. Well, last year he was kind of shitty. That's very true. Um, so let's do a little recap here, Greg. Your team is David Johnson and Joe Mixon starting running backs. Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, and DJ Moore. You have Hunter Henry as your tight end. Darius Guy, Sterling Shepard, D.D. Westbrook, Phil Rivers, uh, James Washington, Duke Johnson, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Stephen Goskowski, and the Eagles D. I have James Conner, Todd Gurley, Zach Ertz, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, Tevin Coleman, Daryl Henderson, Marvin Jones, Jalen Samuels, Cortland Sutton, Tony Pollard, Tyro Williams, Mitch Trubisky, Houston Texans, and Mason Crosby. We can type those in to see how we did. I'll do that later on this evening. Sounds good. Blue past the hour mark. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to Two Beers Deep. We are here for, uh, for your comedic pleasure as well as sports announcing. We will catch you Thursday on the Facebook page for our live show. Um, that I will actually be in attendance for. For once. Yay. Yep. We'll have a takeover tomorrow for the Cornhole Team playoff game, which will be exciting. And then uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, peace out, guys. Thanks for tuning. Hey, no, no, no.